Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I have a short, simple, powerful thought that I just wanted to to chat with you about today. And I would love to hear what you think. More specifically, if this helps you make a change or improvement today or this week, message me and let me know. Seriously. You can message me at Elizabeth Benton on Instagram is the easiest way. Or, of course, you can email me Facebook Messenger. Don't do it because Facebook basically hides messages from people you're not friends with. So that would not work. Here's what I want to talk about today. The difference between someone who is mediocre, however you define that, and someone who is great, however you define that, from the outside, the difference can be really big right? Somebody who's mediocre versus somebody who's great. From the outside, their results can look very different. The person who is a great performer, executor, whatever, whatever area we're talking about, athlete, compared to the mediocre person, if you're looking at their results, you're going to see some big differences, whether that's in confidence, whether that's in earnings, how much money they make, or whether it's just in results, outcomes, however they measure success. But here's where it gets really interesting. When we look underneath the hood, when we look at how they spend the minutes of their day, the difference between someone who is mediocre and someone who is great, it's actually pretty small. When we look under the hood, when we look at how they spent between 1 and 3 p.m. on a Wednesday, comparing somebody who's mediocre and somebody who's great. The nitty-gritty underneath the hood, how they spend their time, the differences won't be huge. I find that so encouraging because when I look at it from the standpoint of results, I don't consider myself a great athlete. I'm, I'm an okay athlete. I'd say I'm a mediocre athlete, right? When I look at a great athlete, it seems so far away. Or or even somebody with a great marriage. I'll be honest. Chris and I are good. We love each other. But would I say our marriage is great? No. It's fine. I'd say it's 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 average. We'll call it even slightly above average. Maybe. Depends on the day, right? And when I look at the at the outside, nobody go worrying about my marriage, right? <laughs> We've had a hard year. We're okay. But when I look at the outside of the difference, it seems like, oh, so far to go between mediocre and great. But if we look at 
the minutes of the day and how they're spent, it's not that different. And I find it super encouraging because that means I'm just looking at it the wrong way. If I look at it in terms of what I do with the minutes of my day today or how I spend my time between one and three this afternoon or eight and 10 this morning, I don't have to change that much. I, that's awesome, right? I don't know how many of you know this. I don't think I talked about it very much, if at all, on the podcast, but before Primal Potential, while I was working for that supplement company, I got my realtor's license. This was years and years ago. I wanted to be a real estate agent. I've always really loved real estate and I thought that would be a cool thing to do. And it was easy enough to take the class at night. And then I was thinking I would do it part-time. This was before I had aspirations of, of starting my own business, right? And I remember going through the course, the real estate course for however many weeks it was. I remember it was three hours a night, three nights a week. So nine hours in the evening a week. Whew. Anyway, I remember going through the course and sitting down with different agents and different agencies, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I wanted to talk to as many people as possible about their experience. What's your volume look like? What do your work hours look like? How many active clients do you have? How many active listings do you have? How many sales did you have in the last three months? How many sales did you have in the last 12 months? I was asking a ton of questions. That is very like me to want to just be realistic about it and not, not assume that I would know how it would go. So I talked to a ton of people. And as with any and every profession, there were people who were crushing it and there were people who weren't. You know, there were people that I would say are like, meh, they're doing all right. They're getting by. And then there were people that it was like, whoa, they were just on fire. The mediocre salespeople that I talked to and the great salespeople that I talked to, they had a lot in common. They had more in common that they, than they did not in common. They all wanted to be successful. Everyone that I talked to went to networking events. This was back way, way, way pre-COVID, right? When networking was a thing in person. All of them, everyone that I talked to, they spent time every day looking at deals. They spent hours in the office, again, pre-COVID when that was a thing. Every single one of them would spend hours in the office. And there was very, very little difference in, in how many hours. All of them hosted open houses. They followed up with clients and prospects. Like I said, whether they were doing a great job crushing it or they were just getting by or they were struggling, they had more in common than they had not in common. The difference in their habits was really slim, even though the difference in their results was significant, right? It could be as small as like the great salesperson had a daily discipline of reaching out to 10 people every day, seven days a week. Maybe they read a book a month, whereas the average person hadn't read a book in the last five years. Couldn't tell me what their favorite real estate or business building or networking or people skills book was. Maybe the mediocre person, they use their downtime to go home early or coach their kid's soccer team or spend time on social media. And it's not just in sales that we see this. The person who has great eating habits, however you define that, and the person who has mediocre eating habits the difference in their results is going to look pretty significant, right? Maybe in body composition, maybe in overall mindset, in confidence. But their day-to-day -day doesn't look that different. Somebody that has average eating habits, somebody that has great eating habits, 
they have more in common than they have not in common. And I think this is true in just about everything. Somebody who has a mediocre business and somebody who has a great business, the difference in their results is going to look really significant. But in the day-to-day habits, like what they're doing, what the mediocre person is doing from one to three in the afternoon, what the great person is doing from one to three in the afternoon, it doesn't look massively different. And I think that's amazing. I think it's amazing. If you were to shift and decide to go from like, I'm okay here. I mean, I'm fine. it's not bad. It's all right. To I want it to be great. It's not a huge shift. I was on the phone the other day with a, a client of mine and she had filled out this intake form that I had sent her and we were talking about it. And she had listed out all her goals. She wanted to lose weight. She wanted to get out of debt. She wanted to improve her mindset, have more confidence, less drama around food. She wanted to have a consistent morning routine. She wanted to be going to bed earlier, watching less TV, spending more focused time with her kids, right? On and on and on. And one of the things she wrote that stood out to me was she said something along the lines of, I know that if I'm going to make these changes, I'm going to have to make a huge shift. I'm going to have to make a major adjustment. I think those were her, were her exact words, major adjustment. And I told her when we were on the phone, I disagree with you. I don't think it needs to be a major adjustment. I don't think it should be a major adjustment. I've referred to this, this image, and most of us have probably seen it at some point in our time on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, whatever, two ladders, Side by side. Ladders are the same height. Rungs in the ladder are very different. One has a whole bunch of rungs really close together, and the other has only a few rungs really spread apart. I'm going to say you're going to get to the top a lot faster in the ladder where the rungs are closer together. Smaller steps, smaller tweaks. The same thing is true if you want to move from mediocre or good to great, right? You're doing a good job with your fitness, but you want to do a great job. You're doing a good job with your eating habits, but you want to do a great job. Maybe you're doing pretty good in your marriage, but you want it to be great, or your business, or your finances, getting out of debt, whatever it is. Small changes. Small changes. The difference between a mediocre tennis player and a great tennis player day to day What they spend their time doing is not going to be that significant. Now, here's the question that I use to help myself apply this. Because, okay, maybe you feel like, yeah, it would only be just some small tweaks to how I'm spending time or how I'm not spending time. But we have to then turn it into a practice. Otherwise, in the realm of theory, it does us no good whatsoever. What I like to ask myself is, and sometimes I'll do this in business. Like I see somebody who, whose business appears to be, it's just, it's just a guess, appears to be more successful than mine, which often to me, based on my priorities right now, means that it's more organized, more streamlined, requires less of the like in the weeds, daily grind, crappy stuff. Here's what I'll ask myself. What are some things that they are likely doing that I'm not doing? Or what are some things that I'm doing that they're probably not doing? I'll give you an example. For the longest time, I wasn't 
creating or reviewing financial reports. Probably the first three or four years of business. Like I knew what I was spending because I put everything on one credit card, paid it off every month. So I knew what that was and I, I knew what my bank balance was. So I knew I was making more than I was spending. Got it. But like I couldn't tell you how much is software, how much is hardware, what do I have in subscriptions? I didn't know. And so when I asked that question, like, okay, the person who is ahead of me in business right now, what are they probably doing that I'm not doing? Uh, they're probably doing some some steady monthly reporting on finances and they're they're looking at it, right? They're, they're looking at it and they're making adjustments accordingly. Or for the longest time when I would ask, what are they not doing that I am doing? Producing my own podcast. Something I could easily outsource and save myself time. But forever and ever, I've done it myself. It's silly. I know it's not the best decision. I absolutely know that business would be easier and smoother and I would have more time for things that matter if I wasn't dragging in the intro and the outro, exporting the file, tagging the file, uploading the file, putting it in my editorial calendar. That's just silly. And I know that. So then I can say, all right, what am I going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? And for a while, I had outsourced it to Chris, and he went back to work, and I took it, took it back on my plate. But you get the point. Those are the questions. What are some things that they are likely doing that I'm not doing? What are some things that I'm doing that they're probably not doing? Now, obviously, we don't necessarily know the ins and outs of how somebody eats or doesn't eat or thinks or doesn't think or runs their business or their finances or doesn't. But sometimes we do know. Like I know when it comes to business, my friends that are colleagues, we talk about these things. I know that they have a way more organized system and process for social media than I do. Okay, so what can I do about that today? You know? Or when I was binge eating every weekend for, oh, you know, 30 years or so, the people that I knew who I would say they had like a great relationship with food, they weren't. They would go out to ice cream and like they would just have the ice cream and that would be the end of it. And it wouldn't turn into this like, well, since I had ice cream, I might as well pick up tortilla chips and some queso and go whole hog. And you know what? Why don't we order in tonight? Get some pizza. Start fresh tomorrow. They weren't doing that. Think of someone who, from your perspective, has a really great marriage. What are some things that they're doing that you're not doing? What are some things that you're doing that they're probably not doing? You can do this with somebody else's relationship with food, somebody else who seems to have better fitness habits, fitness routines, fitness outcomes. You can think about it in terms of, of finances. You know, I, I've told you guys so many times about how my sister and I were on different pages financially, which is totally fine, right? We don't, we don't share finances, so that was fine. But she really wanted different financial results. And she could very much say, like, well, what are some things that Elizabeth is doing that I'm probably not doing? I had a budget. She didn't. What are some things that, that she was doing that I wasn't doing? Miscellaneous spending at Target, justifying things she couldn't afford, putting things on her credit card she knew she wasn't going to be able to pay off at the end of the month. Then we can say, all right, so is there one of those things that we're willing to address or improve today? It's okay if a lot of this is hypothetical. There's a lot of value in the hypothetical. But think of an area where you want to do better. You want to move from mediocre to great, from good to great. 
think of someone you know, or even just an imaginary person who has a great marriage, who has a really great financial setup, who is building their business with ease. How are they thinking or acting that I'm not? And how am I thinking or acting that they're not? And what can I do about it today? Now, the key is, this is not a one and done question that we ask one time and we move on. I ask myself this question regularly. I ask myself this question when I feel overwhelmed. There are a lot of people I know that have way more space and flexibility in their day than I do. And because we have a a business relationship, a relationship as colleagues, I'll say, what's part of their process that I don't have as part of my process? Or what is in my process that's definitely not in their process? And, And what can I do about that today? Or in parenting, we all have somebody we know who just like seems to run a tight ship or seems to enjoy it more than we're enjoying it. Well, what's in their process that's not in mine? And what's in mine that's probably not in theirs? And what can I do about it today? Use this question as a tool. This has no utility if you just hear this episode and think, oh, yeah, that's a helpful thing. And then you don't use it. Use it in an area where you want to do better, whether that is food or it's money or it's business or it's marriage or it's parenting or you ask it every day or three times a week for a bunch of different areas. I certainly use it in a bunch of different areas. You know, if I know a a couple that's friends of ours and they seem to communicate better or more easily than Chris and I do, What's part of their process of communication that's not part of ours? And what's part of our communication process or norm or habit that's probably not part of theirs? And what can I do about that today? Business, money, you name it. How might they be thinking or acting that I'm not? How am I thinking or acting that they're not? And what can I do about it today? Because honestly, though the outcomes are going to be very different, The results are going to look like they're miles apart. The day-to-day is not that different, which means it is so accessible to you and for you. It's closer than you think. Make it a great day. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 